If you need voice doubles, <laughs> we all got you. We could be Tawanda, Trina, Tamar, and Tracy. No, I wouldn't be Tony Braxton. Tamar, though, voice double. Hey, it's Nicole. And this is Tiffany. I'm Carol. <laughs> it's Saya, and this is what keeps us together. Basically, the group chat in your head. Living rent free. Hey, we made it through. Hey, Lord. <laughs> Another day is here. All Good right, gracious. <laughs> all right, y'all. So, how is your week going in song? Oh, it was oh. quick. Okay. <laughs> Slid on through, didn't we? I mean, it only took us 20 minutes to get through the intro. So. <laughs> Welcome to our week. Well, Basically. Okay, so my, probably this entire month has just been trouble don't last always. Hey. Trouble don't last always. My God. That's, that's about where I'm at. Oh, do you want to talk about it? Okay. No. Yeah. Oh. You need a hug? Or? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, Fair not, enough. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. Yeah. Air hugs? No. <laughs> It'll be fine. The storm is passing over. All, all right. right. All right. Um, my song of the week is um, because of a conversation that we had. Oh. I'm just going to say, girls need love too. Mm. Summer Walker song. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was about to be like, I was like, uh. uh. <laughs> Where are we going with this? What when do we, we talk about this? Right? I don't even know. I'm trying to think of the hit song that I didn't have to look up the lyrics. I could just buy it. I didn't know the tune. I want that one. So why do you feel Awkward. that way? Right. Oh, I just thought it was funny because Homegirl Needs Love. <laughs> That's why she's not recording. She's not singing all her oh, hits. So it's not your song of the week. It's Summer Walker's I just thought it was funny. I was intending to go last. I thought right. it was going to be funnier. But then we talked about it before. So, you know, it just. Uh, it is. Oh, it is. We, we are okay. here now. This is where we are now. Oh, <laughs> not with that laugh. That's what you taught, Trey. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you taught, Trey? Yes. Oh, his fake laugh? Yes. Probably. <laughs> Your mouth wasn't open wide enough. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you want to go next? Or do you want uh, me to go? You can go next. Okay, so my song was, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. Because um, I feel like you guys have been doing really good. The start the year the year started Aww. off strong for everyone. I'm really proud Aww. of you guys. I wanted to give you guys your flowers, and then I came in here and you blasted me. <laughs> so I was like, should I even give these hoes flowers? But I did it anyway. So congratulations, you guys I mean, are is great. This anything other than the normal, anyway? I guess. Okay, it's how we feel love, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Black. This is how Black friendship black. started. Let's just give that, that all, all that our prayers. Right, let's be clear. Would we have a relationship if we didn't crack jokes on one another or others? Oh, mm. mainly the others. So. <laughs> that was where we really got tight knit. <laughs> it all came together. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys are great. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my song of the week. I 
when this episode comes out, it will be after Black History Month. Mm-hmm. However, um, I want to celebrate one more time because something that happened this week, uh, which would be the last uh, full week in February, uh, made me very proud to be an African-American in this country. And that would be the nomination of a Black lady judge to mm. our Supreme Court. Hey. Miss, uh, oh, Not the solo <laughs> All we got, <laughs> we all we got. <laughs> uh, Miss uh, Judge Brown um, Jackson, and literally, let me tell you that it brought. I don't know well when y'all heard about it, but um, I didn't think I would be emotional, but I actually got emotional when Aww. I heard about her being nominated, and I was so excited. If anybody follows me on Instagram, that was one thing I posted, and we were, and people were like, "Well, she was just nominated," but still. To me, that's really, really huge. Right. Um, and I was talking to my godfather about it. And um, when you think about all of our, what our ancestors have done to get to these points and the things that we've seen in our lifetime that our grandparents didn't get Jesus. a chance to see, our great-grandparents thought about it maybe possibly being a dream and maybe it might happen, but no guarantees of anything being truly knowing whether anything was going to happen. It just brought tears to my eyes. I was really, yeah. really excited about it. This week, to me, it just... You know, for all the craziness that has been going on in the world, um, including the war that we are um, watching unfold across the um, continent or not even a continent across the uh, world um, with Russia and Ukraine like that was a little bit of hope and and, um, something that just made me um, proud. And I didn't want anybody to miss that moment. And so I just wanted to, you know, say that for that, I was inspired to think of uh, our Black National Anthem. Lift every oh. voice and sing. I was wondering what where this was going. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I forgot you didn't already do a song. Yeah, no. I, I had to I had to do the lead up. I, said, I, I came lead back up. here to tell you. I took twenty minutes of your time to tell you. Lift <laughs> your voice and first, sing. Sec, first and second closing. <laughs> I didn't say I was done yet. No, I'm just joking. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, that was something that when I heard that and it was talking to other people, it just made me very very proud. And that song is one that stuck in my head and maybe I do need to learn more than just the first verse because that's all about all I got <laughs> did y'all have to, well maybe not them but did you have to learn it in school not then. no not in school oh mm-hmm. when I was in school we had to learn the black national anthem not excuse it, me at, in college not high school as a member you said in high school college in college as a member of the esteemed black awakening choir we sing oh. that song. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, so you know all the verses. I told you I made my situation at HBCU. Okay. 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 I did. You know, know all the verses and her part. You guys know the hey. I know my part. You know I mean, the I know irony all the of this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's real. It's <laughs> a lot of words. Okay. Alleg- oh, yes. You know, allegedly, she's related to Paul Ryan, mm. like by marriage. Did not know that. Would never oh. have called that. <laughs> Who would have? Really? Right. Who would have? Yeah. That's a fun fact. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, timely for our episode. Oh, Uh, Uh, it is. It is. See what you did Uh there. What you did there. That's that's pretty doggone good. That's pretty doggone good. Yeah. So, in case you guys didn't know, our topic this week is interracial dating and relationships. Because she is married Mm. to a white man. Mm. No. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. Sure. Mm. Sure. I thought Paul Ryan's relatives were black. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I bet you he took a Dana test. He got something. No, a Dana um, not test. Not a Dana. 
Okay. <laughs> Everyone got a little bit. Everybody got a little, got a little bit. A little, little, little bit. All right. So we'll uh, patch in our guest here in a few moments. And so we'll be right back. Insert commercial break. Yes. Ever. Of that song, yes. Dark, you've been hearing it since we were like two. In the in utero. <laughs> You're right. In the womb for sure. All right. So we're gonna dip into our interview section of um this interracial dating episode. So if you're looking into your cameras right now, I have two people that are in my family. That would be my little brother Keenan and his wife, Kat. Or Kathleen. I'm not sure. Kat, would you like to go by Kat or Kathleen today? Kat, please. Kat. Okay. All right. I'm, you know, I didn't want to cut you short if you wanted to fit, be official today or not. But um, official. so this is my little brother and his wife. Um, they're going to give us a little a little bit about themselves. And then we're going to move right into the uh, episode. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves if you want to real quick. Uh, well, I'm Kat Stokes. Uh, this is my husband, Keenan. Uh, we just celebrated the end of seven years, so we're on eight years Aww. of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we've known each other, though, for now 12 years, so it's mm-hmm. been uh, a long time of us being I'm just so sorry, girl. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's your problem now. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, all right. And... Uh, <laughs> We have uh, three kids. Um, Annie is our oldest. She's eight. Uh, Our second is Christian. He's four. And our youngest is Emery. And she is two. And uh, just to put it out there, if you see them pop in, uh, just ignore them. They'll be fine. (laughs) Because we will, just so you know. (laughs) I'm going to say hi. All right. right. Well, tell us a little bit about your family. I know you shared the your kids names and ages. Tell us a little bit about your family dynamic. Uh, I guess I can cover this one. So um, I, I guess when we say family dynamic, you're asking just what the family is, what kind of what we do, how our daily lives work and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So um, um, you mind if I touch on you and your, okay. So professionally, uh, my wife is a educator. She's an administrator at a um, high school. So she's the executive principal at Valley Lutheran High School uh, here Shout in out. the Phoenix area. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am a senior financial analyst uh, with Choice Hotels. So mm-hmm. think of like Clarion and uh, Cambria Hotels, things of that nature. So hospitality. And I've been in that industry for a couple of years and you've been doing this for eight ten, years. Eight years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, um, three great kids. Uh, we live in the Phoenix area. The Tempe is where we live. 
been out here 11 years now mm-hmm. 11 mm-hmm. now going almost 12. 11 years 12 oh 12 okay wow well, see it goes, goes, goes by quick um and yeah everything in our lives centers back around those three in some way shape or form so uh, i'm a proud girl dad i got two two girls Aww. Emily and annie uh but i got my little guy too so i got christian so they're a handful like like my wife said uh they may pop in but you know, we'll try to kick them back out if they do all right well tell us a little bit about how you all met i know you said you've known each other for a long time so how'd you meet so I'm going to tell this story because Keenan doesn't, he, he has a different story. Or what he, <laughs> <laughs> there's a um, truth and then there's what Keenan tells. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when uh, we were in college um, at Western Michigan University, which is in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I was getting my undergrad. He was getting his master's degree. And at the time I was working at the Boys and Girls Club of Kalamazoo. Um, I was going to be an educator. I loved working with kids. I had done camps all my life. And um, so one day I'm working in the games room, just kind of hanging out with the kids. And he (laughs) happens to be volunteering, um, which is, I know, so sweet because you're like, of course, a volunteer. So uh, this little girl comes up to me. She goes, Miss Cat, Miss Cat, that boy is staring at you. (laughs) No, he's not. I look over. He's staring. (laughs) (laughs) He's staring. So I go over and we start talking. I think our first conversation was about the Super Bowl that year um, because it just finished or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, We challenged each other to a game of pool. Mm -hmm. And I will admit I lost. Mm -hmm. But the rest is kind of history. That's so cute. And here y'all are years later. All right, Keenan, tell us the truth. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Was you staring or not? I mean, I was looking, but they were were having the Super Bowl highlights playing in the background. Uh That's what it was. Okay. Okay. I don't want to be on creeper status or anything like that. (laughs) It's it's giving, it's giving a little bit of that. Just a tad. Okay. So what about your partner, a attracted you most to them? Well, Keenan, you were staring so hard at her. We want to hear (laughs) What was it about Kat? What was it about Kat? (laughs) It had to do flat pan. Anyways, um, so uh, two things, and I've told this story many, many times. She's gorgeous. So she's a very good looking lady, keeps herself in shape. I just liked everything from smile, hair, eyes. Uh, I would definitely say eyes is probably the first thing. But then also, uh, she just exudes... um, uh, how do I say that? Like she exudes uh, smartness. It's not even a word, but like she's just smart. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say that. I'm only word. I'm intelligence. intelligence. She's she intelligence. Everything she says, does is well thought out. Like um, we don't always agree on everything, but like she's very, very smart. And that intelligence is just draws you in. So with the looks and the intelligence, she's like the, t- the total package. So yeah. Aww. So you can tell from across the room that she was intelligent. I like that. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Kat, what what attracted you to um, Keenan? My honestly, the how we met in that moment of being a volunteer with kids really pulled at my heartstrings. I mean, my passion is working with kids, which is why I went into education, which is why I love being a mom. And so for him to be there as a volunteer was like, well, duh, why wouldn't I want to get to know this person? but then on top of it, uh, he can be stubborn. Yes. Like you, <laughs> but, um, but he has a, an amazing sense of humor. Um, and he's really good at bringing people in. He'll find that one connection point oh. with almost anyone where he can just connect and then bring them out of their shell when they're talking. Oh, um, so it runs in the family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
does. It does. It does. He also has an amazing family. So (laughs) thanks, Kat. And we love you too. (laughs) All right. Want me to get the next one? I'll get the next one. All right. So while dating, did you discuss potential challenges that might come with dating outside of your race? Did you guys have that discussion when you were dating? Did we? A little. Only in that um, we saw it a little bit, like when we were in college, um, just the different dynamics we would get. Sometimes we'd get looks when we went to restaurants um, Mm -hmm. and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that would come up um, and we'd talk about, you know, just like, why do you think they were looking at us that way? Or why do you think Uh this person was treating us that type of way? and so uh, I grew up in very rural Michigan. Um, and so it, they tend to have a little bit, mm, I'm going to just say it like racist tendencies. And so that came up a lot with us because, you know, if I were to bring him back where I was from, I don't know how that would go over. Mm. Um, so we did have those kind of honest conversations in the beginning on like, you know, we, we like each other, we want to do this, but these are realities we might have to live in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I have weird. a little bit of a follow-up question to that. Is this your guys's first interracial relationship it's mine okay okay so what Uh, was what was the learning curve like then cat i guess i'm gonna ask (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna make fun of me after this but i had so many questions for keenan i was like can i touch your hair why Mm. does your hair do that (laughs) i'm like can i see your skin like i had so many questions that i'm sure if he knew i wasn't coming at it from a true place of like I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he would have been completely weirded out by me and just been like, I, I can't mm-hmm. deal with this. Um, but I think me explaining a little bit of my backstory in that, um, you know, it wasn't until college till I really had my first interaction with anybody other than a white race. Oh, wow. And so letting him know that ahead of time, I think kind of curbed his mm-hmm. like weird outness when I was like, can I just touch your hair? Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of this, but it was, um, innocence. And actually I think it, made us understand where we were coming from when, you know, we started to develop a relationship because it was my first time. And so, um, yeah, because I, because I, I had the context, I should say the background of it and understanding. Right. So, um, and I, you know, I don't know if you guys know Saya or my, uh, we grew up in East Lansing, Michigan. So pretty, it's predominantly white, but it is also, uh, Outside of the white, like it's it's pretty multicultural. Out of that, because of Michigan State University, we used to so, go Rainbow Coalition when I was growing. Yeah, up. Really, really, really United Nations type. Uh, I mean, in our high school, which was predominantly white, like as you get past, you know, predominantly white, it was just a multicultural plethora of just type of people. So from African Africans to Caribbean people from the Caribbean to mm. people from um, Eastern um, Eastern Europe mm. as well, which is you know sometimes different than Western Europe. Um, so all over the map, and so. Uh, it, in Latin America as well. So, uh, and Central America. So, uh, uh, I had the context of the background, it never really offended me. And then I understood where she was coming from. And then we had fun with it too, because when she would ask me something silly, like, can I touch your hair? Like, oh my God, like, the most cliche, like, <laughs> like, so, like and that's where she came from with the humor part. Like, cause I'm just going to make light of everything. And then when we had kind of, sometimes things were, I'm not comfortable with that. And she had to be okay with that and vice versa. Right. I would ask her questions about certain things too. Like, you know, going back to the hair thing, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but uh, but people who are white, they shed a lot of hair. And so I went all of my bag and I asked the name. I said, it's all over the house. Like, it was like, like every, every three or four months, I had to go through the vacuum cleaner and literally get a razor and cut it out. I had to cut it out because it's, and I, I didn't know that. So it's like those things like that would we'll just laugh and make light of it because it's like, I didn't know that. 
I ask her, how do you still have a hair full of hair? A hair, full of hair? <laughs> it's everywhere, man. A little does he know, our girls are the same way. It's yeah, not yeah. quite as yeah, it's, it's, it's just different. Prevalent. It's just different. Yeah, but uh, and I, listen, making light of it, the humor of it is what really worked for both of us, right? Because uh, a lot of things can be very serious in the world, but we try to find ways to make things light and, and make each other comfortable uh, if we possibly can. So there were, were there any fears then that you thought, well, for I guess mainly for you, Kat, since this is a completely new situation for you, was there anything that you had apprehensions about? Yes and no. Uh, yes, in that I didn't know what people were going to say or people were going to think. Um, no, because I knew his heart and I knew who he was. And I was like, this is, it doesn't matter on our outward appearances. Um, but I, but I didn't know if everyone else thought the same way I did. And mm-hmm. we obviously came into interactions at different points um, along our lives where you saw people didn't think the same way. Yeah. Um, but I knew in my heart, I was like, well, this is, it doesn't matter. Like he's a good person. He's a good person for me. He brings out the best in me. So, you know, we have to figure this out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there, but there was, because you just didn't know. I mean, how do you know how your friend from high school is going to react? Or how do you know this person from college that you, you know, think is your friend, how they're going to react? Right. Uh, mm. uh, to, to add on to that too, like a, a lot, especially in the beginning was situational, right? Uh, we had other friends who were going through some of the things you guys are alluding to, like maybe having some issues uh, with their families accepting, but as well as um, like interacting with people out like, um, I remember the story you're talking about uh, at Wings, et cetera. Won't go there, but the looks we got sometimes, the uh, looks we got sometimes. And uh, I don't know, you know, for the listeners, they don't know this, but Saya knows this. I'm pretty darn overprotective and I don't really play, like, I don't I don't play that. So mm-hmm. if you want to have a conversation about something, you want to go there, you want to be uncomfortable, I, I'm not going to be the only one uncomfortable. You're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I like that. So, that's right. So, yeah, so, uh, and that's how I am with my kids, with my wife, with everybody. It's like, I, I can be as nice, I, I'm a chameleon. I can play it however you want to play it. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into some silly stuff, we can be silly, but I usually just want to, you know, just be calm and cool and collected. But um, I Nicole think that was hev- heavily resonates. I do. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the smoke, you can get the smoke. I mean, hey, thank you. Thank you. We can also thank keep it. I cool. to do that, especially because I have little ones now. But it's like they know that is that that's home, that's protection, mm-hmm. right? And she knows that too. Yeah. So we we kind of had that vibe from the beginning, like you know whatever it might be, if it's you know whatever whatever looks or comments or whatever it might be, she knew that. So you know, and we just kind of built from there. Yeah. So do you go in expecting it to be an issue or is it just if it comes to you, you're not willing to, you can, the confrontation can be there. So we're exact opposites oh. in how we deal with that. Okay. He expects the confrontation to be there. Like okay. he's ready <laughs> from the moment he goes in. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> where I'm the exact opposite where I'm just like, I trust everyone to just kind of be how mm-hmm. I am. If I'm good, then you should be good too. And so, um, the situational stuff is kind of funny sometimes yeah. in that because we do approach it very differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said too, uh, we, we approach it differently, but that, that's, you guys asked how it works and things like that. That's how it works. We balance each other out very, mm-hmm. very, very well. She's very, very lighthearted and, you know, happy go lucky and, and things of that nature. I used to be like that, but like, you know, just life, life, life changed a couple of things. Like I do, I'll be honest. I, I approach some situations expecting it because of my, mind uh, i think it was nicole you said i just stay ready i'm, I'm always ready for whatever that i need to prepare myself mentally for whatever might happen whether i'm with the family not with the family whatever it might be but um 
yeah, we balance each other out very, very well. Because oftentimes she told me, calm down, like <laughs> relax, man. Like, no, no one's worried about you. Anybody thinking about you, you're good, right? And so, you know, she balances me out and brings you back to reality sometimes. But uh, back to Nicole, I'm always ready. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Okay, Kat and Keenan, as your relationship began and even now, do you feel like that you have to code switch at times or when necessary? I know that you all mentioned situational earlier. Do you ever feel like that come code switching comes up with you all? Do you want to give what code switching is as a definition? Sorry. Yes. yes. So code switching um, without me looking at the official definition is like oftentimes when you feel like you have to act, speak or be a certain way when with other people in general. You want to go first? Okay. Um, so, yes, uh, to, to be frank, yes. Uh, but that is. That is a, a aspect of my life that was there prior to meeting my wife. Uh, growing up where I grew up, career path, corporate America that I chose, um, everyday part of my life. And so, yeah, there will be times when I have to, I jump back and forth. <laughs> and to be honest, it really is situational again. So I, I mean, I, I can let my hair down with family, you know, Saya, uh, and, and things of that nature with my wife, obviously, when I'm home with my children, right? But uh, outside of that, pretty much when I walk outside my front door, mm. you know, I wear that chameleon hat of whatever I need to be for whatever audience I have going on. So, um, and oftentimes, most of my time is spent at work. And so, yeah. So, yeah, did, so you that's have, a long did you feel like you had to use that when you all initially started dating as well? Or do you feel like you were yourself? I feel like I was myself. Okay. Just being honest. And that's another, you know, we go back to how we met. Uh, I feel like I was myself. Okay. Right. When I put back on those those years and, and that time frame, I feel like I was always myself. Uh and never really had to not be myself around her. Mm. Uh, you know, and I talk about Kat specifically, maybe other friends and things of that nature might have been different. But when I'm with Kat and me and Kat alone, no, I never felt the pressure to to code switch or or be anybody that I wasn't. Mm. So. I didn't know the lingo to switch to. So I was like a lost puppy dog. <laughs> like people would start talking about stuff. And I'm just like, yep. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> For me, it was a little bit more of a learning curve in that I wanted to learn the lingo. I wanted to learn the idea of code switching. Um, and so now I think I'm pretty good at it. Like I can adapt like Keenan to different situations. Um, but in the beginning, I just remember being so lost. I was just like, I don't, Keenan, they're talking about a kitchen. Like, what are they talking <laughs> about? Like, <laughs> that is so real. That is really real. Wait, can we talk more about that? Like, what scenarios do you feel like you're code switching in? Gosh, uh, it really depends. Because yeah, at oh. church mm-hmm. was a big one. Um, what kind of church? Yeah, do you I was guys like, can I ask, is your church predominantly black or white? Uh, mine's, mine's predominantly white. Um, but when we first started dating, we would go back and forth between my church and his church. So I went to the Lutheran church in town, which is 95% white. And then we would go. And then on the alternating Sundays, we would go to the Baptist church in town, which was 85 percent uh, it's, it's probably 90 yeah it's probably 95 like it was, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was like you know it was just completely flip-flopping it's right, the exact right. opposite yeah. each Sunday. and uh yeah there was a lot of lingo that i had to get used to because uh-huh. like i said i didn't know what it meant i didn't know what they were talking about and so i'd either try to do it in private or afterwards i'd be like what were they talking about like i don't understand <laughs> 
understand why they would use this terminology. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm busting up the scenes because quick story. Sorry, yes, uh, we, we, uh, we we went to. Uh, I think we might have been out here at this time, out in the Phoenix area, uh-huh. and we went to a black church out here. It's actually Saya uh, Auntie Daika's, uh one of her college friends. Oh, okay. He has a church out here, so we went to the church out here. Long story short, and she just couldn't hold it together. Hey, no, no, Someone no. caught the Holy no, Spirit. No, no. <laughs> Get the back. So it, it was Kojic, right? Oh, I think it was, oh, wow. Kojic, that is, that is, so it was Kojic. Kojic. So yeah, it, it was it was Kojic and you know it's it's lively. It was, it was nice <laughs> and, uh, lively, yes. And, right. And and but the thing was like in, in every situation we both uh, whatever, if we're not used to it, we give each other the time and space to kind of ask questions, things of that nature, but usually it's after, like, <laughs> like we're, gone, we're gone out of the earshot of everybody. We're in church and she couldn't hold, she just, just hit me, hit me. What is she doing? The, lady, the lady's on the ground, they threw a cover over her. She's like, is she okay? Like, get up. My mom's a nurse. Like, I know how to do she- oh, 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 He's good. Everyone hears you asking no. questions. <laughs> I have to explain. Okay, yes, my first time going to church like that, but she had brought her two kids with her. Here she is up front under a sheet, and some person is speaking tongues over her. And I'm worried about the kids. Like, are seeing their mother covered in a sheet up front. Meanwhile, the kids are probably like. That's exactly what I was telling her. So they were probably, you know, seven or something like that. And so I was trying to tell her, look at the kids. They're fine. They're used to this. Mm -hmm. Just go along with it. And we'll talk when we get to the car. The siblings probably talking to each other like, oh, mom's T minus from. Yes. And, and right on time, she got right up and went right back to her seat. You know, like, oh. she, are, she she was fine the I whole time. She was dead. Jesus, that's right. In the midst of all of that, like the one of my favorite things about my wife is the fact that it was genuine concern for the safety and health of that lady. Right. She really was. She's right. like, should I get up? Do she need help? Is she okay? Everyone's <laughs> just watching her. They put her right. sheet on her. Like she's just dead. But yeah, that, that was one of our funnier, like, just, I, I mean, we have a lot of memories like that of just times where, you know, just different things that we've been through where we just, you know, had fun with it more than anything else. And so right. that's uh, great. Um, that is. You know, there's just a couple examples. So do you ever, either one of you ever get tired of like explaining to to each other about things like do you sometimes you're just kind of like wow i kind of wish you could just get it or i'm tired of explaining things or at this point you kind of just like we're we appreciate you guys the other person wanting to know more about the culture i personally i think we're both inquisitive people anyway Mm -hmm. and so it hasn't bothered either of us because both of us ask questions about even each other's careers that probably other people would be like just be quiet this is what i do but like we truly look for understanding. And I think because we both have that quality, we've never really, now Keenan will get on me because I don't know black music like he does. Honestly, I don't know white music like that either. But <laughs> so he'll get on me because I don't know enough about like 
I don't know, Ted Nugent. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't care. Like, that's not a thing. Um, but yeah, as he, as exactly. Music is important too. So Ted Nugent is a rock and roll. If, if Kat had like, said like, <laughs> I would have been concerned. I thought you were going to say Earth, Wind and Fire. Right. Then I might have judged you, but. People like, do you know this rap or this, this like white rocker? And I'm like, no, I don't know him. He's like, you. And I asked you about rappers. I asked you about this different i know a lot about a lot of different genres of music but music is not her thing she could talk your ear off about education though and i'm like i fall asleep like, oh my god man, I don't, <laughs> never <laughs> okay fair enough anybody else got follow-up um no i'm good i think we'll go on to the next question okay. okay so um what was your dating type of preference before meeting each other and did you consider race when you were dating or was it a non-factor for you? Uh, my dating preference before was probably everything Keenan is the opposite of. <laughs> so, which was odd. Um, but honestly, my boyfriends before him were always, sorry, they were always like really oh, tall, boy. like six floor. They were white. You sure? I'm gonna hold my tongue. So no one is safe in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, they were like blonde hair, blue eyed, and I didn't think anything of it. Honestly, at the point, like went through high school and even a little bit of college, um, it was more of a big deal that my boyfriends were Catholic and not Lutheran, or you know, those types of weird differences. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was, he was definitely the, the first person outside the norm of what I had normally dated. Um, but I didn't, and that was both exciting and fun to me. So I'm a weirdo in that I love change. I love chaos at work. I will purposely park in the wrong spot to like throw everyone else off. But that is. <laughs> oh my God. Violence. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Yes. Yes. People. Yeah. But I love that stuff. And so for me to find him and to be like, I'm attracted to him, even though he doesn't look physically anything like any other man I've dated, it was fun for me. And I was like, this is, you know, in the first part of relationship, that's kind of it is you want to have that fun that like, all right, this is new. And, um, but then obviously it developed into something much deeper. Um, but I kind of went with it in the beginning because it was something different. It was something fun. It was a change. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had the heart of what I was looking for in a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me. Uh, and so I would say I was not conscious of it. But I've had Saya and other friends tell me, oh, we knew you were going to marry somebody white. And I was just like, really? <laughs> it's like, yes, we knew. Because uh, I had a good friend, so I don't know. Did, you, did I tell you Matt Hansen said that too? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. He was in his w- wedding. So Matt has known yeah, him for a very yeah. long time. Yes, no. I wasn't conscious of it. So I had dated uh, white girls, you know, through, through high school on up. Uh, then I went to uh, HBCU, so I went to FAMU, hey. and um, that's right. And, huh? Yeah, that's I was gonna right. say. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and I, I, but I also, so I should say this too. From if you go back to like first girlfriends and things of that nature, I kind of ran the gamut. I would say the 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 one that you know type that stayed around was someone who looks like my wife, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I say, but I did run the gamut from you know I had Asian girlfriends, black girlfriends. Uh, uh, Native American girlfriend, like the, the, the really the gamut, right? But uh, 
I had white, blonde, 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 white girlfriends sprinkled in there at the route is what I'd say. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, I wasn't like, I wouldn't say like I was consciously looking for someone who was white and blonde. No, but I would say personality wise. Yes. Like personality wise, like, because I could, if you leave me to my own vices, I would be at home working from home and, you know, only leaving to go to the grocery store and I'll go for a walk or something like that. Like, but she's the one that gets me out of the house, gets me to do stuff, mm. buy different things, things of that nature. And so her adventurous side um, and her drive uh, is definitely what I was looking for. And so, you know. That fam you, were you like, the funny thing was, and then you're, you're going to laugh at me. No, uh, there, my four years there, I had one girlfriend and she was from uh she's from trinidad and tobago mm-hmm. uh, uh, a black girl from trinidad and tobago we broke up uh after my senior year because i worked a year down there afterwards in tallahassee florida and in that time i actually did find she split her time between fam you and fsu a blonde haired white girl uh, <laughs> in the area so was i looking no <laughs> I know you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But uh, I was actually, again, volunteering my time at a after school mm-hmm. program. Volunteer. And ran into someone naturally like that again. So I was not looking, I promise you, but yeah. And I went, you know, that, that was a short relationship because I think within a couple of months, I moved back to Michigan uh, after we were leaving in Tallahassee like a year after graduation. So, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, we're going to shift gears a little bit into the clip that we sent you all. Um, We wanted to uh, discuss something we saw in the movie The Passing with uh, Tessa Thompson. And I can't remember who else is the other lead, Um, but um, we'll share bits and pieces of the the, uh, at least where to find the clip in the movie on Netflix. Um, But we also had Keenan and Kat watch it. Um, and so I'll just give you a little background on it. It's just talking about in that moment. Um, it's not really talking about passing so much in that moment, but what you're, um, which is, if, let me first start off by saying, um, if you don't know what passing is, it's, um, individuals who could pass for another race. Um, usually a black person passing as white, but it can switch if you could pass for, um, being black, if you were, I don't know, white, um, or some other race just to be able to, to pass between the two cultures without anyone really knowing the difference. Rachel Dole is all. Was she passing? <laughs> uh, she was lying. <laughs> and still is. Oh, Here's funny, a quick question. Funny side oh. story. Um, I teach uh, senior theology right now um, just due to some staffing changes. And we were talking about racism through the lens of like a Christian worldview. And I brought up Rachel and none of my students knew who that was. And I was so proud to be able to oh, introduce wow. Rachel. They were blown away. They were like, she doesn't even look what black. I don't understand. And I was like, tell you. <laughs> Can I ask what the demographic of your students are? Yeah. So we're predominantly white. So about 50% white, um, okay. but the rest of the school, uh, one of our, uh, what I love to uh, brag about is that we are truly an inner city Christian school in that we are central Phoenix. We're surrounded by both million dollar homes and section eight housing right across the street. And so we have a beautiful blend on my, what I, I like to brag on. Yes, we're 50% white, but the rest of our student body, we really meld together 
all the different cultures and backgrounds. Uh, and so I love it, but, um, so it's, like I said, the Lutheran, the Lutheran schools have actually have a rich history in the state or in the United States of being a Christian school, um, besides the Catholics are the longest lasting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Lutherans tend to be white. They're all from Germany, but the schools, in my opinion, have over the last, um, I don't know, about 30 years oh, have made a really Jesus. conscious effort on diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have an HBCU down in Selma, Selma. for a long time. Um, and, uh, but anyway, I'm getting, I'm sorry. I digress. Education. I told you. <laughs> I had a quick question that's a mild tangent, but I, no, I just, that's fine. It's Let's just an answer, it. no question. Yeah. Is it called passing when people of different sexual orientations? Mm. Well, I've heard, I was to say, I have heard um, the goal for a lot that do decide to maybe transition or at least try to look the part of the opposite sex. They do, and at least... I would assume a slang. I'm not sure if there's an official term, but okay. like in sl- slang, they would say, Oh, honey, I was passing. They had no idea. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, okay. that type of yeah. thing. So I've, that's how, that's the context I've heard it in, hmm. but I don't know if that's exactly like what everyone else calls it past, you know, understood. Having no, a regular day, everyday no, yeah. uh, vernacular. That was interesting. I didn't think yeah. about it that way. Um, especially because if that's what you identify with, right. If no one else can tell. Then right. that, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's is part of the, uh, the draw. All right, so going back Sorry. to the clip. No, that's fine. That's fine. Bring uh, it back. Bring it in. back. All right. If you go to like the 47th, seventh minute and 10 second mark of passing on Netflix again, um, there's a moment between Tessa Thompson who can pass but is not passing in the moment um, discussing with a white friend that has come to an NAACP um, uh, function that was interracially mixed. And so they're having a conversation. Um, and in this moment, this gentleman has worked through like realizing that um Tessa Thompson's friend is is really uh black and not not white. Um, and then they move into the the position of um is the individual do the individuals find each other attractive because they generally are attractive, or do they find them attractive because there is some type of for lack of a better term, um, people have used now fetishization, but I really think it's more so, I don't think at that time they were considering it to really be all of that, but I think that that's what the, the term has become. And But these individuals are attracted to the opposite um, race based on something that they can't get anywhere else. And, you know, at any point, other, other times, somebody might say that they um, shouldn't be finding attractive or wanting to be involved with, or just the fact that it's like, even I would say like a taboo thing for, uh, especially a white woman being with a, a black man, like no- Like a forbidden fruit like type a, thing? Yes, like a forbidden fruit. Like the b- white woman knew they couldn't because of how others would react and vice versa. Black man does too. Mm-hmm. Would you say the clip is um, like, it's almost like a hyperbolization of what those features are of mm-hmm. that race? Yeah, yeah okay. it did. It did feel like uh, because at the moment they were talking about the a particular man, so you saw mostly a lot of men in that moment. Um, uh, l- looking black men looking at um uh, or dancing with white women, but you also had a moment too where um they were talking. Uh, he asked a question and want and referenced um a little before this clip. 
if the there was some he basically for lack of a word or saying fetishization, were they concerned about it because there were a couple of white men watching all the black women dance and then, you know, mm. gave a very different air about it. Like, oh, are they coming down here for a fetishization black women and desiring this thing for the moment because, you know, you can't have it or you shouldn't have it. Th mm. That type of moment happened both both with white men being shown and a black man being shown. Um, so saying all that as background, our question is, Having, I'm assuming you guys have not seen the movie, correct? I have not. Okay. All right. Having just seen the clip, so uh, the movie is doesn't even really touch on anything other regarding that at all, but it does talk about passing. But in that clip, did you feel anything when you watched it? Like, were you just like, this nothing and I've heard that before? Or were you appalled? Or I, did it give you any feelings, any pause? Any concerns? Being mad? Um, whatever. Go ahead. So I say not watching the movie, but just the clip, and then hearing your description of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would say I've dealt with that on a couple different occasions. Mm. Only of women saying things like when they find out that Keenan is black, um, saying things. Is this PG? Like, am I allowed to say penis? Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably the most offensive word I can say in this podcast. We personally like peen, but I mean, I have had women make comments to me that I'm with him because of his penis size, and or asking what is his penis size, which. Regardless oh, if yikes. my husband was black, white, or other, right. I'm right. talking with you. Yeah. <laughs> is he your husband at this point that people are yeah. asking that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. yeah. We, we boxing. All right. Square up. Wow, the gall. Oh. Right. We're, I'm more appalled by just the fact that they ask, but the fact that they think that they it's okay to ask yeah. shows a little bit, I think, what you're asking in that you said you don't really want to use the term fetishization, but it, it kind of is like, why would you ask a married woman about her husband's penis size? That's right. not, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, you don't talk about those things. Uh, I know. Can, can I advocate for a reaction the next time it ha happens? Ask them about their husbands too. I, right. I, honestly, I want to be like, oh, you know, but, but you don't care. No, I don't, like, I don't, like, I don't know. Please don't know. You should be like, should we share news? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Like not, not to get the information, but to like really showcase okay how crazy of a question that is. Like, yeah. are you crazy? Right. Can right. I ask if it's if it's more white or black people asking that question? Usually white women. I don't mm -hmm. think a black woman's ever asked me that. <laughs> so <laughs> what's the uh, penis size? Is that what you and are, they, are, they like, are they strangers or coworkers? Or like what's the relationship? Um, mm, that's good I would question. say we're acquaintances. So like I know them, whether we I've worked with them or I've known them through mm -hmm. other people. Usually they're not close friends. Most of my close friends, I don't think. Have ever asked me anything like they that? Probably don't uh, want to know. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yes, I've never asked <laughs> Tiffany like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's an awkward question to ask. Yeah, and yeah. we best friends from childhood. But <laughs> 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 don't try me, girl. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you know. So, yeah, so that came to mind as okay. you were kind of describing it, and then just watching that clip, you know, having those types of conversations where you're just like, "This is." Inappropriate on so many levels, I can't even begin. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, uh, know. Been in a whole yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, <laughs> let him know. Let him know. Uh, so I had to answer your question. Uh, for for me on my end, no, I didn't really get too much of a reaction out of it more than anything else. Some of the things I've heard before. Oh, okay. Some of the questions I've heard before, or just people alluding to certain things, but. Again, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I kind of like the king of my domain. So I don't really deal with certain things if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. I, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. good. Um, well, Kenan, you're the only one who could answer this one. Um, okay. saying it since you have said that you have dated periodically, if you're dating, if you have dated a white woman, it oh. has been a white woman who is blonde. I don't know if I can't remember if you said blue eyed, but, but at least blonde. Um, brown eyes. Oh, 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 okay. So good thing I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, um, but did you ever, did your preference ever get questioned either by others or yourself? Or did you even internally ask yourself? Yeah. That, that's that. Fetish, fetish, that, do you, that you might be a oh. little. You know, you might have what you would consider to be a preference. Have you ever been concerned about that preference being viewed by others? Or even did you say to yourself, am I fetishizing? You know, white women, um, Uh you know, Uh because I could feel I can see someone. I don't know about you having that internal conversation. If you were already like, no, that it's not that I was looking at that. It was, you know, the person I've dated this whole gamut of people. But has anyone else ever said Hey, are you, is this, you know, this preference, anything more than just a preference? Yeah. So good questions. Uh, I'll answer this like kind of three of them in there. Right. So number one, uh, have I ever had anyone question me again, kind of like the king of my domain. So no, especially not anyone that wasn't like acquaintances. Yeah. No. Right. Cause I'm kind of like, I don't really fool with much. And so I'm not really, sometimes I'm I'm not approachable sometimes. It's just, I'm not. So if, if I don't know you, no, these are not friends. From friends, no. Uh, none of my friends have ever kind of questioned in that sense of, is it more than just who you like, who you like type thing? No, I haven't. Uh, I've had friends and family, you say, bring up that you do have a type, right? Oh, um, yeah, but, well, but, but, yeah, but yeah, it was never under like the auspices of like, hey, you might be fetishizing or you might yeah. be okay. right. It was never under that. It was just like, well, you have a type in case you didn't know. And I was like, I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. It didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really dawn on me until someone broke it down for me. And then I said, and then kind of go segue into the second part. Yes. Then I did start questioning myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is right around the time. I don't, I don't think we've ever discussed this. So uh, it's right about the time when we were, uh, pretty much like we're, we're going to do this, right? Like we're going to get married. We're going to do this a little before that. Well, I just started not questioning our relationship, not questioning us, none of that type of stuff. Just questioning, well, do I? Because like, this is right around the time when I think Saya, you had said it prior and then Matt brought it up. <laughs> and Matt just said, oh, oh yeah, she's bottom white. Like I knew you were going to marry her. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, is, I, I didn't is really, it me? Is it me? Yeah, I thought, is it me? But never in my mind, I think it was a fetish. I never uh-huh. thought that. Right. I was more taken back that it was, I had a type and that it was a known type that was like not something that was at the forefront of my mind. Right. Mm, well, makes sense. Uh, that was what threw me off. But it was never, I never had the fetishization thing. I thought through like, 
what is it about European characteristics, right? Mm. That have attracted me over the year. What is it about? Because even some of my girlfriends of, of of other races sometimes have European characteristics: mm. straight hair, uh, 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 maybe their lips weren't as full, maybe their hips weren't, you know, different things like that, right? So I question, you know, was my type not necessarily fetish, but was it what was it that was attracting me to these certain things and making sure that I am going and approaching this for the right reasons, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that was the kind of approach that I had. And I had to think through that stuff, right? Because I mean, I'm, we're going back to like elementary school now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going back to like first, first girlfriends, mm-hmm. right? Like girlfriends, right? Going back through all of that and doing that soul searching, doing that thinking of who am I? What am I into? Am I approaching this right? And then also just the whys of it, right? And I don't know if I got clear answers, I would say, but I would say that um, I know that I'm approaching things in the right manner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, appropriately, I should say, right? So I, I'm not the person to ever say that I have the answer for anything, but I, I was proud at least that I kind of thought through it uh, and, and was able to ask myself those questions and, and come to comfortable conclusions, right? Oh. Yeah, so yeah, that's so interesting. So your mom is petite mm-hmm. and she's not like a curvy Mm-mm. woman. So I know like we, sometimes they say we look for like our parents and our spouses. Mm-hmm. And so not that you're <clears throat> looking for that same person, but your mom doesn't have, she's not like yeah, curvy okay. or yeah. like big, you yeah. know, like anything like that. So like, it could be that, um, what I'm trying to say, like it, sometimes people like say that they're going for other races because they're trying to get the opposite or like, there's like a little bit of mm. self-hate, they seem like a little self-hatred mm-hmm. there, but it seems like that's, you're genuinely, this is just what you're attracted to that. Like it has nothing to do with, um, like underlying hate or anything yeah. like that, where, where I think right. a lot of people, that's the first thought that comes to their head when they see interracial couples, like, oh, you must not like yeah. black women or mm-hmm. whatever, but that's just not your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's also interesting because I feel like a lot of what we see in TV media, a lot of it are European features yeah. and characteristics, mm-hmm. even if it is on not white bodies, it is like that. And historically has been a lot of, you know, the natural hair movement has like, it it came up in the sixties, went away and now it's back. So for a lot of like our whole upbringing, what we were seeing is very different from more of like what's popular, what's more visual now. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that plays a part, but the interesting thing about the word and idea around fetishization to me is that it's always seen as you only ever hear the word in the context of interracial, but like when people of the same race have a type, it's never considered fetishization. Yeah, like if it's their yeah. own race, like if if you only Good like point. really curvy, like hair down her back, like that's not a fetishization. You know what I mean? I feel like to me that is like a performance it's, of a different of a different kind, and you is. think that it comes with elements of a separate type maybe not even a separate type of nature, but it is just in that same sense. I feel like fetishization to me is like caring more about the characteristics and features more than the heart of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that is not just an interracial thing that occurs. I agree. I, well, in the definition that I was looking at, because I agree with you, I think that that was what I thought about it at first, but then I'm noticing, like they said, the misconceptions, because you like them, aren't necessarily things that can maybe um, cause there to be a a different type of dynamic within the relationship because that's what that person is looking for. So it's kind of like a, these misconceptions are literally 
um, considered things that could possibly get somebody hurt or could possibly put them in a bad relationship. So um, they were saying the misconceptions of like darker skinned black men include perceptions of them being stronger, virile, hypermasculine, or hyposexual. So if you feel like that, that's, that's what. <laughs> Not Nicole being like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so did you fetishize you your co-signing the toxic to be? I think I need a pull for a second. <laughs> Ma'am, speak your truth. I mean, we all know that I I have a preference for a darker skinned man. It's just it's something about the evenness of their skin tone that does something to me. I'm actually know? fetishizing your man. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every but podcast I just feel like we a shade away from getting canceled. <laughs> Okay, it's not about me. Go ahead. Um, but then I was gonna so then with um the misconceptions with Asian women are that they're perceived to be loyal, understanding, and subservient or submissive. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine if you if you just love the person for who they are, those things wouldn't play maybe in the back of your m- mind in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, with the expectation of what that relationship's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. But if that's what you if you fetishize it then these things are things you're looking for and may potentially become a problem, especially with, I think, Asian women dealing with some, a, a white or a black man who was expecting them to be subservient. And then they, they're not that. Right. Well, oh, okay. Well then do I need to push you into being that, you know, like mm-hmm. those are, that's what I'm thinking what they mean now, having read those things about okay. what fetishization is. Cause to your point, I think that it, it should not be something that hinders the relationship. If it's something that you, if it's a preference, then it is something about, okay, do you like, like to your point, like skin chicks, but there's no, other than you just liking like skin chicks doesn't inherently mean that you're expecting them to be something they're not based on, you know, right. their, 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 their looks. But we do sometimes correlate that with an element of, Sometimes not self-hatred, but like an element of, mm-hmm. oh, like I don't date anything mm-hmm. darker than, you I know agree. what I mean? Yeah. So like no, there comes some, sometimes is that like convolution, but this is that definition that you gave would be really interesting in the context of the love is blind season that just happened. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing like a lot of oh, ways yeah. to draw those together, but I'm also wondering like, how does foot fetish play into this <laughs> definition of fetish? I don't know. I feel um, like we're taking a turn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're going left. Thought it was part of it. Bring it back. Bring well, it back. One more point on this that I want to ask Keenan, because you've you've done the self work, but uh-huh. when you were dating other races, did you feel like somebody thought you were gonna be, you know, uh, what did I say, stronger, virile, hypermasculine, uh, hypersexual? Did did you ever date anybody and experience someone? typecasting mm. you into being this black man that was not necessarily you or just fell off. Yeah, no, I never felt that. So I, uh, I, I'll say, I mean, I, I don't often say this, but it's like, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. Mm. So that goes back to me saying, I don't really fool with many people. I'm kind of closed off on certain things. So if I'm not, like, if her personality wasn't right and I'm not vibing with her, she could have been the cutest blonde hair, you know, whatever that I might've been attracted to and everything else. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give her the time of day. Mm-hmm. And that's actually happened. Like, there's, you know, prior to me being a cat and everything like that, like over the years, I've met women that are just beautiful, and flirted with and this and that, and just was nothing there. It was like, I'm not, you know, everything was there physically, 
but it's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to go any further than just friendship. I'm so cool. you were saying, basically, you're saying you think you would have been able to tell if somebody was trying to yeah. holler yeah. based yeah. on you being black, like that yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I, I, I could say that. Yeah. I, I've had whatever. Uh, I've, 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 <laughs> uh-oh. Speaker uh-oh. Can. Yeah. Speaker <laughs> Go ahead and say it. I've been I've been hit on and it's been very clear what their intentions were. Uh, I'm, I'm not about that. Okay. Like I'm like, oh man, like okay. you know, it's just it's it's off putting. It's really it's not me. Okay, it's off putting, and you know, I, I, I just can't, you know I don't really fool with that. So like I said, you know, going back to what I said earlier, I just kind of I just kind of push it to the side and move on type thing. Okay, that's actually interesting too because in the context in which you brought it up, it seems like there is, and obviously there is not even it seems like there is, but like a the strong difference between the curiosity of like learning who you are and your culture and your background and what it means to be black versus trying to assert it on you. Like, this is what I believe about black men. So this is what I think that you will be like, or should be like, or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and usually those types too, in my opinion, have always been very stereotypical, right? Mm -hmm. Very, the stereotypes that they've heard, read, saw, whatever it might be, uh, you know, and that's what they believe. That's the reality. And mm. so, like, also too, I don't like I said, I don't, I don't got time for the foolishness. So, like, okay, if you want to believe that, go ahead. I'm not gonna be around for it. Right, <laughs> so, right. you can spend your time trying to figure that out for yourself. But I'm not gonna feed into it, engage with it. Just go ahead. You know, and I'm not rude. I'm not rude about it. It's like you know, hey, I kind of play you to the side, and then I just won't, you know, interact with you anymore. That's okay. You can be rude here. All right. <laughs> <I'm> rude. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> <Penises>. <laughs> and move on. Yeah. Okay. So, um, when because I know you guys have adopted, um, your two youngest kids. So, when adopting children, is race a factor you consider? Um, why or why not? Yes and no. So, when we first started talking about kids, um, it definitely came up because, um, although we, I have to say, we were a hundred percent open to whatever race the child was because we knew we were going to be good parents regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we would have got an, an Asian child, we would have been, well, we're going to be good parents to them, even though they don't look like either of us, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Um, but as we moved further along in the process, um, it started coming up where having a child that, um, looks like us was, it became important only in that you see so many horror stories of people adopting children or even just fostering children. Cause we did that for a long time too, where other people would be concerned citizens and yeah. call them out, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, and, or at that point, like what you're causing unnecessary stress to that child mm-hmm. and then the parents, because they're trying to do the right thing. So right. Um, it came up later on, but we truly were, um, we looked Truth. at adoption, checked every box yep. when it came to ethnicity, we were like, yeah. whatever, any race we're good. Yeah. So, I was going to say a little background too. You guys did and foster and were thinking Uh about beginning the adoption process with two Native American little boys. Was our first uh, foster placement was a white baby, blonde hair, blue Blue eyes, like like piercing blue eyes, like you know maybe this big, straight home from the hospital. Um, And then from there, we got two Hispanic or Latino Latino children. Um, They were two two boys. Um, and then, um, our third one was a Jake. little, a native American oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we had, we had quite the gamut at the beginning when we went through fostering. Um, yep. Yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Kat, yeah. so for, Oh, go ahead, Keenan. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Kat, you said you guys, as you talked, it was more important for you 
your two youngest are African-American. So is it important for you to have a child that looks like you at some point? Not at all. No, I could care less. Cause like I said, as we continued in the process, um, it just became more and more apparent. Like we know we're going to be good parents regardless. Um, are there going to be tough conversations or weird things in the future with them? Absolutely. Just because we are all different races and, you know, the different experiences, because as a mother, I want to protect them from every negative experience, mm-hmm. Right. that's not going to happen. Right. Um, but I think with Keenan with me and me having the wherewithal to be a mama bear, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can walk them through that, but having a white child never, it, it no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I won't go into too much detail on it, but uh, long story short, the adoption process, like you said, like, you, I mean, if you see the paperwork, I won't bore you with all the details, but the paperwork is just extensive. Mm-hmm. This is uh, as many papers and forms as you could possibly think. And we literally, literally did. I mean, there's a laundry list of possible races. And so just check them all down the way down, all the way down to things of that nature. And so uh, we... This side note to that, we actually chose an adoption. We didn't choose a specific adoption agency because a child that was disabled or black was discounted. And we just Mm -hmm. thought that was the most ridiculous thing that we'd ever heard of. Wow. We did not choose them because we're just like, how dare you discount a child because of, you know, their skin tone. And so um, carefully. Yeah. Wait, so the adoption agency wouldn't put them with a family? No, they would, but you could, they were discounted. So like, let's say the adoption oh, fee. Oh, the price? Yes. <gasps> yes. Wait yeah. a minute. Oh, y'all yes. did, oh, I thought that y'all were not allowed to be adopted. Yeah. Not discounted, that, like they were cheaper babies. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, let's say the adoption fees in general were $50,000, but for a child with disabilities or who was black of any, I mean, the one uh, drop uh, rule, one drop rule essentially <laughs> would be like 25. <gasps> I'm worth yeah. more than that. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and, we and purposely like, chose that did not do that because we were just like, this yeah. no, like we cannot support somewhere that this is this. their mentality. And, and if you guys crazy. right now, every time we tell that sorry, we don't we don't tell that story often, but when we do bring it up, that's the same reaction we get every single time. Every single time people are just like, I can't believe. Yep. Yep. I mean, we had that same reaction ourselves. Yep. We saw the paperwork and I didn't believe it. Kat had to bring the paper home and print it out for me because yeah. I wouldn't believe it. I said, no, because there's no way. There's no way. As long yeah. as the child, Asian, white, all white, white and Hispanic, all the same. But the minute uh-huh. African-American was a checkbox, discount. Yep. So, okay. In the 21st century. Well, yeah. I was also, I'm also thinking like you would, okay, this is going to come out wrong. I don't mean it this way. But they're this is okay. Sorry, but are they not? If they're cheaper to adopt, you would think that more black children are being adopted, but they're not. Well, but there's also oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's kind. I hate to compare it to this, but when I think of if we're putting it in the scope of a purchase power, sometimes like if I go to the store and I'm like, okay, do I want to spend? this X amount of dollar on this or get the generic brand and I can get it for this, but this might last longer or, you know, something yeah. stupid like well, that. Yeah. This is like a uh, price uh, puts value. That's what I was going to say. Right. That, so, like the mentality around pricing is like, you know, luxury brands never I, go on sale. You know yeah. what I mean? I just, I, I'm, I'm far from the expert on it, but I think that this is just me being a business supply and demand. 
That's what it was. I think more than anything else, I think there is a larger supply of African-American children that are being put up for adoption, right? right? And that price discount, I think, is supposed to encourage people to, right, who otherwise may not consider adopting a Black child to consider adopting a Black or disabled child. Yep. So I think it becomes, some, some part of that becomes, some part of that becomes part sure. of it. I don't know who just said it, but somebody said there are not more black children being adopted than white. White (laughs) children are there's more white children than there are black children. What the where the supply and demand comes from is the number of children available for adoption per household that wants to adopt. It used to be 50 to one since the pandemic. It's gone up to almost 100 to one. And so um, when and you and adoption is expensive, <laughs> I'm not going to put it out there. Like we definitely sacrificed a lot of different things in our lives to yep. make sure we could afford to have a family. Usually that tends to be with the upper middle class, which tends to be more white. And so do an upper middle white couple want a child that is black or mixed? And most of the time the answer is no. no. Mm. This, is, this is the reality of it. Yeah. No, I, I, that is wild. Yeah, no, it is. It is. If anything, it ought to be a discount based on the race of the family that's adopting, because you think about how the family that's that like adopting their, their income, right? Yeah. But you're talking yeah. about to, right. to Kat's point, if you're talking about that's what who should be getting the discount. Not everybody else can afford, but they have the heart to do it. Yeah. Wait, right. can you fully explain your thought? I'm a little confused. Okay. So Keenan and Kat being a mixed couple, right? Innately, when you look at what black individuals make in this country versus what white individuals make in this country, oh, it's okay. less, mm-hmm. right? So a discount can be given if it is a couple with two black people, because you know, innately, they're going to make less, oh. right? And I don't care about that. I know, but I'm just saying but that, yeah. if, yes, they should. they should. You're right. I mean, this in an idealic world, that is what it should be, yeah. which is, but I don't, I, people don't, they don't care. I think even if you take race out of it, period, like you said, income base, like a little bit off topic, like when someone goes and gets affordable housing, affordable housing is based off of your income mm-hmm. so that you can afford to stay there. If someone mm-hmm. has the heart to provide and care and most importantly, love a child, then it shouldn't matter. Like they shouldn't have to pull all their ducats in a row to get the thoroughbred versus, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I feel like it should be on an income base because if they have the heart to do it, then let them do it. Instead right. of people out here like, well, I guess I'm not going to go get a child today because I can't afford it. I mean, now, I, mean sad- I guess that is a concept too, but. Sadly, and I know we're getting way off topic here, but sadly, there is another subset to that of people being like, I don't want women specifically being like, I don't want to destroy my body. So I'm going to adopt. Mm-hmm. So it becomes yeah. a. Uh, yeah, like I can afford to do this almost like the same idea with surrogacy yeah. rather than a like we're in our situation where I couldn't carry children. It was a it was a different type of subset than of, well, I just don't feel like getting pregnant and putting on weight. So we're going to go adopt a baby. Mm-hmm. And there's also the all the money it takes to adopt now. Like, dang, can I even afford to take care of this kid? Right. Like, exactly. yeah, I yeah. just give you all the money just to get the kid. Like, we're going to buy a house. But instead we have this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long long story there's so much to go into it but yeah yeah that yeah. was just a basic you know tip of the iceberg i mean um, uh, the next question i was going to ask was what are some other things that you considered um when adopting i don't know if now you're tired of that conversation or if you want to answer but it's up to you guys no um 
Uh, we just go rapid fire because I know we we did we did not consider race. We just said you know whatever we consider agency. So there are some you know agencies. So there are state agencies, and then there are like national agencies that cover the United States, right? And certain agencies work in certain states, and certain ones don't. Uh, and we were so I would say agency. Uh, we're we're not. Go ahead, sir. Uh, gender didn't matter to us at all. Um, certain agencies will charge more depending on if you want like a, a certain gender, just like sometimes with race or disability. Um, and then the biggest thing for us was drug exposure, um, uh-huh, yeah. because that can be a, a big thing when considering, um, you know, to bring someone into your into your life and into your family. Yep. Um, but other than that, yeah, I was gonna say because nothing I, else I, really matters. To, to kind of, I was about to ask. That. Nah, yeah. we so because we fostered ahead of time. We were fine with pretty much whatever. Um, with Annie being our oldest, um, we didn't want anyone older than her because she was the oldest. And I know that kind of plays in with people's like whole psychology and the way they're made up. Um, so nothing older than her was the biggest thing we got with age. But funny enough, we've talked, um, not recently since now we have three, but we did talk about when our kids get older, looking at fostering again, once they are a little bit older, Mm. that age group again. Um, Right now we have our hands full. (laughs) uh, Sorry, sorry, you know your guy. But eventually, um, I I personally, and this is something that's always been on my heart, is I love working with um, teenagers. That's why I work at a high school. Uh I worked at the Boys and Girls Club. I would love to get involved with some teens' lives and really just give them that push, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's middle school, high school, and beyond, to really give them that you know that love and support that um, so many foster kids need. um, Because nobody wants to adopt, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the baby. Oh, sorry. And what was your familial support? around adopting and once you adopted while you were fostering like in that whole process honestly Uh, it it was all there (laughs) we never had any pushback from much of anyone um, when it came to fostering or adopting that's awesome and yeah yeah, everyone was completely supportive right yeah Uh, we never heard any any negativity that's like immediate family like direct family extended family things of that nature everyone was just really on board yep so even with um um race like i know you guys adopted it i don't even remember if we said anything i don't think so but uh like it was yeah because it's there there were questions like do you want a child that looks like you and uh-huh. the question was like sure but it doesn't matter i yeah. mean we were upfront and honest with yeah. people okay. <laughs> i love that me too okay so you've already shared uh, quite a few funny stories but have you ever been asked any wild questions while being with your children i mean yeah have you ever received any wild questions or Things while being with your children. Uh, I, I have not, and I guess like you told me, I exude that like "leave me alone, get away from me" type. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I personally have not. Like, but again, I don't deal with the foolishness, so I don't know if you. Yeah. Have. No nanny questions, Keenan. <laughs> uh, no, no, I I have not. I'm sorry, Kat. Go ahead. Yeah. No, not really. Uh, I feel like some of our friends. Um, have had more questions than we have. Mm-hmm. I do get a lot if I'm fostering um, our two youngest. Right. Um, I get that a lot at the playground, um, but I don't know if that's weird, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they're twins, but that's not weird. That's not weird I, I mean, Christian just happens to be shorter in stature. So they're, what is it? Well, whatever. We love his little short tails. We love his little short tails. Oh, baby. How many months between him? Is it two? No, how many months? Oh, months, 18 months. Oh, yeah, that's pretty close. Oh, yeah, it is. Really cool. 
He's a little guy. Yeah, he's a little guy because his sister's well, uh, 16 months or something like that, younger than he, 18 months younger than him, but she's about the same height and same weight. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say, going back to adoption a little bit, um, we heard from both of the birth mothers of both of our children. Um, they chose us because we were interracial. Oh. Um, they liked that about our profile. They liked mm-hmm. that about us. Um, and so that was, I don't know, really just kind of unique to that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. they, That's cool. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Is your, if you don't mind answering, is your adoption open? So will the kids know their birth parents at some point or have that option? Yeah. Uh, yep. So both, um, we have agreements, we send videos and pictures, um, and depending on the birth mother, it'll depend on the amount of contact, but yes, our adoptions are open. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's cool. What you find in the industry is at the top of, you know more than I do, what you find in the adoption industry more and more nowadays is that uh, the, the agencies themselves are pushing or right. the are, states. So there's in most states, um, they won't even allow closed adoptions anymore because mm-hmm. they're finding how harmful it is mm-hmm. to adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's only a few states that even allow closed adoptions. Um, now, obviously if a birth parent doesn't want contact, you can't force it. Right. Um, but yeah, the, another reason why we went with our agency is because they have birth mother support, but then also do the open side of it because they know how good it is for the children. Right. And you know, I want what's best for my kids. So of course I'm going to yep. you know, give them as much information as they want. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. Um, I guess my next question would be, have you already or do you plan to discuss race with your children and what are some ways that maybe you guys have discussed how you plan to discuss that maybe you plan you talked about how to discuss it and then you got your kids and you were like all right no we don't have to change up how we talk about it (laughs) once you like learn your kids personalities and once they start showcasing themselves i always wonder what that's like for parents so uh so i don't think we really talked about it much uh, I, I would say that we've talked about it. So Christian Emery, uh, no, because they're so young. Uh, so whether it's race or anything, I'll, I'll get back to your direct question, but whether it's race or whatever, we both have discussed that we're just going to be upfront and honest, right? So when it comes to the adoption, when it comes to different, like, whatever it might be, we'll be upfront and honest. Uh, they're not at that age uh, yet. And so it has not come up, I would say. Uh, but I will say it has come up in a very, the ways that it has come up is very organic. And what I mean by that is like, Christian is aware of, like my, my son's aware of the, the color of his skin. And he sees pictures of me and him together. And he sees pictures of him and mom together. So he'll call out different colors like, well, mom, you know, this and that. Uh, but we have not bridged that, that, that conversation because it's we, we could tell it's a pure color of skin thing rather right, than right. like, are you my mom? Like that type of thing, right? right. So we're, 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 I, I say, I think we're ready for it as we possibly can be. When those conversations come, you just gotta, you know, yeah, jump in yeah, and, and do the best you possibly can. But we've always discussed even before we adopted that we would just be upfront and honest. Just be upfront and honest and tell them what they want to know and uh not hide anything from them, right? And, and we we know you might not be ready for certain things. They might not be ready for certain things at certain ages, but just tell them and if they circle back to it, they'll bring it back up and have that conversation. So mm-hmm. Nicole. <laughs> oh, I already asked that question. No. No. Do you the privileges? Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't. Okay. Sorry. Do you plan <laughs> discussing privileges? Mom having some white privileges, her children may not have a light skin or passing privileges. The oldest um privileges that your oldest child may. 
that your younger children may not. That made sense. That was, did you? Yeah, it did. Um, I, again, just trying to be as honest as we possibly can. And I, I guess for me more than anything else, because I mean, I don't know, but I speak about my, my upbringing, right? So my mom is, and I am myself, a proud black man, proud to be black, love my culture, love my people, love the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might be. I love, I love everything aspect of it. And I just love everything about human nature as well. So I'm trying to myself, especially at these ages, focus on being a good person, right? Being the best version of you that you possibly can be is my focus right now. We'll get into that stuff when that stuff comes, right? I'm ready to bridge that gap when that comes, but I'm not going to try to ram it down your throat, right? right? right. Unnecessary. I want you to be the best version of yourself. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, even with Andy, like it is a, you know, effort. I, you, you, my, 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 I love her, but she sometimes has a tendency to be a little lazy. So like, you need to put your full effort into everything you're doing. School, homework, cleaning your room, doing all that good you stuff. You sound like your mama. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just trying to focus on those yeah. things. Those, 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 you know, those general, like universal themes of working on those things with them and making sure that they, they get those down pat. And then uh, be prepared for those conversations when they come up, because I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, the world or the country yeah. that we live, in, it is inevitable, but yeah. follow the rules, do the best you can be, be the best version of yourself. You could possibly be, but then be ready for whatever comes. Right. Uh, and, and also for, you know, I won't get into the deep, the deep end of this, but I have a young African-American male growing up in my house. Right. Get home As he gets to that, get home, get yeah. home to be the safety, if that ever does come up, you know what I'm alluding to. Mm-hmm. If it ever does come up, get home to me. I don't care what you have to say, do, mm-hmm. run. If you have to run home, literally run home to me, get home, yeah. that type of thing, right? So if I can focus on all the other universal things first and then salt and pepper and prepare him for the things and, and her, uh, them, for the other things that may come, you know, I think that's the best I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on a death separate note, I plan on fully using my white privilege to support my children. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it's going to get me. Um, I, there's a movie, I think it came out on Netflix and I can't, I wish I would have researched the name, but it's um, a black woman and a white father. Do you remember what I'm talking about? That he's a police officer and his son gets wrapped up in something. Have you guys seen? Oh it? yeah, you're talking about was not Zoe. Uh, what's her name? Carrie Washington and yeah, Carrie, yeah, yes. she's the mom. Oh. Carrie Washington. The one where she does the ugly oh, cry. It's like a play. And it, it only takes oh, so oh, much oh, of it. Yeah, yeah. I plan on being her with my like. No, nah, I'm going up there. Like if if my son, my my daughter is involved in anything. Oh no, <laughs> we're getting to the bottom of this. I will ugly cry. I will do whatever needs to do, <laughs> to, you know, make it. sure it gets, it's out. so I plan on using the white yeah. privilege I have to support my children mm-hmm. in whatever they need. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a big thing too, like for, for me, just with the kids in general and for you, it's like, I, I, my, I need my kids to know I got their back. No matter, I don't care what it is. Like if you fight, we fight, right? If, if you, if, if you're sad, I'm sad. If you're happy, I'm happy. Whatever it might be, that is always going to be there no matter what it is. So that type of thing. So, uh, you know, I'm far from perfect, but I don't have the answer for everything, but uh, whatever privilege, whatever opportunity that I can afford them to have the best of life, I want to give it to them. Yeah. So I have a little follow-up question. Um, it was American Sun real quick. That was the name of the movie. American oh, yeah. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan, you said that your mentality right now is really, um, if I stay ready, I don't have to get ready. But being a, a Black man growing up in a Black household, I'm sure that your parents told you, get home too. Like, h- however you need to get home, get home. When do you think that switch occurred for you? 
from like get home however you need to get home versus like if I stay ready, I have to get ready. Because I do feel like it's two very different mentalities. Mm. Mm. Now, are you thinking about me like me kidding yeah. personally? Yes, you personally. Uh, ooh, uh, I would say two things. It's going to be weird. Sorry, it's going to come over. Uh, be, being a dad <laughs> and then uh, home ownership. Cause like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like when we were renting, it didn't feel like home, but it's like, I own my home now. So that's my sanctuary. That's my temple. That's my, you know, mm-hmm. that's my everything. So owning that and having that and knowing that's my space, mm-hmm. my safe space as well, the safe space for my family, uh, that changed things. But then also too, uh, life is short, man. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I always stay ready type of thing and I don't go out there looking for trouble right. and I if I have to, but I, you know, since having children, I will just avoid certain issues if I don't have to deal with the type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't have to deal with it, I don't have to be confrontational. I'll just walk away and get home type of thing. So uh, that's, that, I would say that that was definitely a switch, you know, the last five-ish years, I'd say, you know, home ownership and all that coming in at the same time really changed things for me where, you know, I ain't young no more. So, you know, just getting home and, and being safe and being there and being the person she needs me to be is, you know, paramount to me. Totally. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. you. I'm also a parent. And for me, it's a little bit like, one, don't mess with my child. Like we can, you can mess with me. That's fine. But as soon as my child's in the mix, like all bets are off. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and this is the girl who doesn't fight. Yeah, I don't fight. She's notoriously. She yeah. gonna call me. She yeah. She gets the car. I do. I'm the getaway driver. Off. Anything. But when it comes to my baby, I don't care. You could be six. <laughs> it's me and you. you could be it's six. me and you. Don't mess with my child. But well, maybe outside, <laughs> six year old boy. Yeah, doing? but at the same time, I'm the same way. But if I like, if it's just me, I don't care. Like, I I have a child to raise. I have a husband I want to get home to. Um, so I want to be safe. Like you said, I just want to be safe and I just want to get home. But my kids, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I both have the mama bear, papa bear tendencies. But we were at, actually just last night we were at the park. Mm-hmm. And some little boy was playing on a piece of equipment and Emery came up and tried to get on and he pushed her. And you should, he almost jumped up. And I was like, he's four. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my baby. He shouldn't have put his hands on her. It's my baby. It's, it's, it's my baby. Like, like, hold yeah. on. Like, it's a, it, no, it, he, this is a four-year-old thing. Like, yeah. let's talk them through it. You know, like, he was ready. Yeah. He was ready. Four-year-old got to learn a lesson too. <laughs> oh, girl, hey, hey. Emery can heal, hold her own. She she yeah. got up to him and just wagged her finger in his face. I mean, she, she can take care of herself. Mm-hmm. He was ready. Uh, <laughs> I have to read a lot of parenting books about that because I'm a have my kid up. It's hard. <laughs> not. Hey, ma'am, 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 we have to take you to jail now. That's fine. My baby also, knows they say from just from being auntie. They that's how they learn conflict resolution. Is it especially when it's in their own age group? What conflict resolution you're? You're, you're not, I'm not teaching them nothing because oh, if I'm okay. teaching them things, it's like, right. if you butt. <laughs> I got my blade in my purse. <laughs> but oh, from, from what I've seen, is that <laughs> oh, when you see children <laughs> do things, you let them work it out so that they can learn how to cope and communicate with like minded people. Right. Not include their crazy auntie that's ready for it. <laughs> that's a bad line. Okay, well, I think we've had a really good conversation. Thank you both so much for indulging us. Um, we do just want to, in closing, kind of give some advice um, from you guys. So um, what advice would you have for someone that wants to adopt? Do your research. 
Um, and yeah, do your, honestly, it's do your research when you're choosing an agency, know what you're getting into, what, what your values matter. Yeah. Know yourself because, um, you know, we could have gone with that agency that I said, like I said, gave a discount, um, because they were cheaper and we would have gotten, you know, a, a, a baby for whatever, but it's knowing that you're supporting an agency that's ethical is more important than what you want for your family. Um, but then knowing yourself when it comes to uh, what you want out of a, uh, yep. in your family. Um, so side story to all this. So Emery, our youngest was a micro preemie. So she was born at 25 weeks, which oh, is wow. extremely early. Um, she was one pound, nine ounces. Um, she stopped breathing a couple times at birth, you know, the whole nine yards. And so when we got her packet of being considered for her potential family. It was, it was a little daunting, you know, cause you're like, is this child going to have, you know, special needs when they get older, medical what kind fragile. of medical, you know, fragility are they going to have? Um, and it's, so it's knowing and doing your research is huge because I couldn't imagine our lives without Emery right now. I mean, um, but it it was that, you know, seeing all that, but knowing we did the research ahead of time to know that, nah, she's it. Like we're, we're, we're flying to, we're flying to Texas tomorrow. Let's go. So um, I love that. Yeah. Piggybacking off what she said, everything she said, uh, but then also to knowing yourself and just being honest with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, cause there's nothing wrong. Like if you know that that's something that you value or don't value, you know, you got to be on tunnel vision of, you know, knowing what you want to go do and knowing yourself and being honest with that and being okay with that. Right. You know, some people might feel differently. You might read a, a message board or a blog about someone having a different opinion on that. But if you know what you want, you're honest with yourself, I think that's you know, the best you could possibly do. In addition, there was something probably a couple of months ago about this Instagram couple that went and adopted um, yeah. a young boy from China. And I mean, they had crowd fundraised, like they wanted this baby, but then the baby wasn't what they wanted because he had learning needs. He had ADHD and all these other things. So they put him back up for adoption. Oh essentially. And so unfortunately you can it's a lot of shady stuff that goes on and you know but it's like that it's like they thought they wanted this thing but and they made they got a ton of followers and you know sponsorships because they were going through this public adoption process to then realize that they weren't the family for this child and that so yeah honestly getting to know yourselves and what you can handle and being honest like so many people I see because I'm part of a ton of adoption groups that are just so desperate for a child, but it's like, hold on, can you uh-huh. actually do this? Mm. You know, it's one thing about saying you have a baby, but what are they going to be like when they're two, five, 17, you know, beyond? So I feel that about the kid that I birthed. <laughs> <laughs> like, sheesh, can I do this? <laughs> and does anyone want to adapt a child? <laughs> <laughs> At least about weekends or something. <laughs> Tip this on you. Oh, um. Okay, what would you say is um a piece of advice that you would give to people who want to open themselves up to interracial dating or are maybe in their first interracial relationship? That's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh. Again, the first go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So I've actually had this in working with teenagers. I've had uh, two or three um, of my students who've come to me over the years because they've recently gotten into an, an interracial relationship and just kind of looking for advice on, um, you know, what to do, what to expect, or if they have a, you know, their significant other's family member is not okay or, you know, the, with the relationship. Um, and so my biggest piece of advice is you have to be okay with who the person is, regardless of anything else. Um, you have to be okay with their personality the way they love you, um, the way they do things above all else, because 
if that is the person for you, it's going to work out. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're with them for kind of like we talked about earlier with this, like fetishization, are you only with them? Cause you want to piss off your parents. Mm-hmm. Are you only with them because you think you're going to get this type of a person. Now you have to relook at things, but if this is a person that you love truly for who they are, regardless of what they look like, how they sound, whatever, then you're, you're going to be okay. It's really good. I definitely add to that as well. Like be willing to be vulnerable and open yourself up. Right. Uh, I, I really consider myself to be like a child of the world. I know that sounds so cliche and it is right. But like, I really love learning about different cultures and that's why I work for the companies I work for too. They're truly multinational corporations, right. That have the footprint, you know, in every continent of the world, pretty much. Right. So, um, you know, and I kind of, I, I didn't know that because obviously I was dating you before I got to my job, the jobs that I've had now, but like, that's kind of been a general theme for myself, being willing to open myself up, be vulnerable and be willing to learn. Right. I want to learn everything about her family, about her background, about where she's from. And yes, we're both from Michigan, but it's, it could be two. I mean, the, our worlds in Michigan couldn't be more different. Right. I mean, it's just two different worlds, but I want to learn it all. And I did learn it all over, over time. Right. And I was just willing to be vulnerable and open up and open myself up as well. So, yeah. All right. So um, last piece of advice. What is what would be the best advice for getting through family gatherings? <laughs> I struggle learn with that. <laughs> what did you say? I'm sorry. What did you say? Learn to play spades. Hey, that's it. That's it. Carol. Oh. <laughs> this one right here still doesn't. So. Okay, no, no. Let me, let me clear things up. I know how to play, but Kat, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you can't get on the spades table with people that are not willing to teach you, right? Because they get angry. They start throwing things. <laughs> Name calling starts to be thrown across. <laughs> My father. <laughs> trauma. I have Deacon, trauma. Deacon I'm Johnson. Yes. <laughs> I have trauma at the spade table, but I know how to play, but I'm scared because there's my get on table. <laughs> just don't rename and know how to count your words. <laughs> right. Whatever. Just. That's the whole no point of the game. game. <laughs> <laughs> I have like three to five things. One thing I say is like games, brain games, like that are card games, brain games, right? That typically opens people up, right? Uh, be willing to, uh, you got to have thick skin, right? Uh, and uh, I would say definitely try to be humorous about everything. Because there's going to be, I mean, I've been, she's been at my house and their food, she was like, uh-uh. Hold on, I said there's gonna be food that I didn't say my mom's food. You told her yourself, right? Oh, so, uh, so, uh, but there's gonna be food like, like you gotta be willing to try different stuff. And so there are things that your family gathers. I was like, yeah, I'm good, but it's like hot um, sauce. <laughs> got hot sauce, <laughs> got hot sauce uh, in my bag. Yep. I, I would and the last I would say too is have your get out time. So like when you do to leave, like or to oh, get out I'm talking about the movie, like <laughs> I'm saying. Yep. And I, I would also say be the person, lastly, I would say be the person to bring, if no, I mean, unless you have a very holy family, be the person to bring alcohol, whatever it might be. Find out what everybody else wants to drink to and be the person to bring the alcohol to the gathering. Because typically that gets people games and alcohol get people to lighten up and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy the mood. So that does typically work for us. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. That was good. Them? That's yeah. going to help me. I was about to say, I that bring food because I don't I trust say- everybody's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> that is. So uh, it took me a while to get comfortable um, with Kina's family only in the joking about race. Uh, So uh, because I didn't quite know what to say, 
But eventually it got to the point where I was <laughs> able to call out, you know, his sisters, his dad, when they would say things about white people. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got really good. Let me just say, I'm like, oh, OK, she got that. All right. Because now it's to the point where her and my dad go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, and I, I even look like, you said that? And I, 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 my dad's going to laugh at it. And it can't, can't control himself because it's so funny. So, yeah. But it took awesome. a long time to get there because I wasn't sure how that dynamic was going to work, you know, because yeah. he and I can joke about it, but I didn't know how it was going to go over with the in-laws. You know, am I allowed to say this? Yeah. Like, would it be considered funny if I made a joke about that? And yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. but I always told him to be, and I also do too, in the context, you're always a very respectful person. You're never going to cross a certain line. And so I just thought, be yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Because I know who you are. So be yourself. Like, because I, I can see her sometimes too. Like, I know what you want to say, but you're not going to say it. You're like, what? Say it. Say it. Okay. Right? One say joke it about, about white people. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. We're gonna be good. We're gonna be real good. Let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I should say noted. <laughs> I, um, I think that's it. I really, yeah. really appreciate you guys coming on. Is there anything else you guys wanna drop real quick? Or do you think you know you got got covered everything you, you wanted to cover and let people know uh-huh. about? Yeah, I, I think I'm good. I wish you guys success in the future with this podcast. Thank you, Thank you for being gracious enough to have us. Ladies, I, I know you're already taken care of, but please take care of my sister. Oh, we love her. Oh, of I love us. So take this care shit, of her. This is a shady bunch, so I'll take that with a grain of salt. I do love them, too. <laughs> no, I said the truth. Never. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not dead yet. So, I mean, well, no, I feel like we're just a bare minimum. She's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> At bare minimum. But we right. appreciate you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Love you. Guys. Have a great bye. evening. Tell the kids I said hey. Bye. Okay, we'll do. We'll. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. That was so much fun. That was really good, guys. It was good. I'm proud of us. Ooh, Did anybody hold like back jokes? Back. Yeah, I didn't get offensive, not once. It didn't. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm proud of you, not us. <laughs> It doesn't track. Jesus. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's time for Meme of the Week. Meme of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week's Meme of the Week, uh, meme of the week comes from um, Ty, uh, Beyonce's stylist. Oh, I love his account. I love his account, too. Um, it says, money be buying me happiness. IDK, what the F they be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Every person ain't got no money. <laughs> right. Rich people, more money, more problems. Where? <laughs> and if you broke, just say that. Right. <laughs> Did you say bought a little happiness yesterday? I'm sick of you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's really funny. But yeah, oh. that was it. <laughs> All right. So, I Usually guess we have a follow up, but not today. <laughs> So now it's time for affirmations or afro-shade. Yeah. Does anyone feel led to start us off? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, what I really gathered from the conversation with Keenan and Kat is really um, knowing the heart of the people that you choose to bring into your life. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's really like, it's cliche when you think about it. Like, of course, like you should love people for their heart and who they are internally, but not for what you see. But um, I think that's really what sets a lot of things apart and how you can really tell who your tribe is, 
who your mm-hmm. people are. Um, looks are really and literally going to come and go with different people. So that's the only thing you're focused on. Um, your relationships are going to be short term. Yeah. So I just, um, I'm just speaking. Yeah. And I'm just speaking over um, healthy, full relationships over people um, that are listening and that they really get to the crux and the heart of the people that they um, get. They are letting into their lives. I think once you do that, your life will be very full. Hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you got it, sis. No, hey. I was just gonna say, um, I will probably pick up the torch and move forward with like forward with that same concept of just know that you are kind, know that you are loved, and that there's Wait, going we don't to know be... who's listening. Are they kind? Are they? Well, you are kind. You is okay. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me say this <laughs> off of what Keenan said earlier. Just knowing that you want to be your best self. Continue to be your best self hey. and love will find you mm-hmm. is how I feel, regardless of what that looks like. Um, because, you know, people sometimes people say opposites attract. Some people go, OK, that couple looks like they could be brother and sister, n- not in no crazy way. So don't <laughs> mistake what I'm saying. Wow. Um, turn but, turn. Right. <laughs> Are we advocating for incest? <laughs> that is no, happening. that is not what I'm saying. Is that what, um, you're what I'm saying. <laughs> OK, West Virginian. <laughs> Absolutely not. What I'm saying is, please, to yourself. (laughs) Please to yourself. What I'm saying is just be the best version of you that you can be. Love will find you. And you can use that as a foundation for a very long lasting relationship. Oh, okay so you really brought it home good yeah. job mm-hmm. thank you um <laughs> to go left <laughs> that's right because again. y'all are who y'all are that's why i took left y'all are left <laughs> wow <laughs> you said it anyways um i want to from for our listener, listeners um i keep wanting to call them keenan and kill because i feel like it's so close <laughs> but um keenan and kat i feel like they really brought up a lot of really good points and one of them being staying true to yourself and i feel like whether you're in an interla- interracial relationship, any kind of relationship, whether you're, you have a difference in age, whether there's a difference in backgrounds, I feel like people outside of your relationship can cause you to question things that you otherwise wouldn't qu- question because you know your intentions and you know the heart of the person that you're dating. Yeah. And so I want to affirm staying true to yourself and staying true to um, the things that brought you into whatever relationship, whatever situation, whatever job, whatever any scenario that you find yourself in, if you know that it's right for you, regardless of what other people are saying or maybe projecting onto you, you don't have to claim that. Just stay true to you and your own heart. Amen. Yeah, well, that was mine. So oh. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she said everything I needed to say. No. Um, I think the only other words. thing that I could even think to add to that. <laughs> you're not. You're not about to preach. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, T-shirt prayer. <laughs> every time we record every time uh no i think the only other thing that i could possibly add to that as affirmation is if uh, a lot of times all dating really is is getting to know you out yourself while getting to know somebody else that's mm-hmm. pretty much all dating really really is and what I would say is don't be afraid of that growth, no matter who the person is, because if you're allowing yourself to grow while you're dating, you're getting to then get to know yourself, find your true compass. And to what my brother said, um, 
he could tell right away he was with some stuff that wasn't for him. And so he, he put, he's learned his boundaries. He's put up his boundaries. And he, that's only happened because he's had an opportunity to really get to know himself and then stay true to that. Mm -hmm. And so um, don't be afraid of the work of being able to do that because that's the only way you really grow. And that's the only way you really get to meet someone who can meet you where you are and enjoy you as you are, not because of anything other than the person that you're working towards, but also who you, who you really are and being okay with it. And I think, um, you know, as we move on from high school uh, to being an adult, we think it stops when we get to our twenties and then we realize not so much. You get to your thirties and you're like, mm, maybe still not so much. And as the only one who's a resident 40 year old, I will also say even here, you don't always get to know everything, but when you're okay with moving forward into that and being okay with that growth that happens and find somebody who's okay, not only with who you used to be, but also who you're becoming as well. Mm -hmm. That's, that's part of all of what dating is. And you just got to be okay with being able to be vulnerable with finding that out and mm -hmm. being okay with staying in it and putting up boundaries so that anyone who tries to push you outside of those without really knowing who you are, you, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't steer from that. I think that that's bode well to both of them as well with regards to the adoption, right? Like they found agencies because they were true to themselves and being honest about what that looked like and doing that all their own work and self-reflection. They were able to choose adoption agencies that have gotten, I hate to brag, but my niece and nephew are, are some, some good kids, are some really good kids. And, and they're so cute. They're very cute. They're very, very cute. Uh, including their older sister, Annie. Um, but they're literally... Knowing themselves has allowed that whole process to be something where they can be proud of and that they can move forward with the adoption in a way that makes them feel good about it. And moving mm -hmm. forward with you know, being parents and feeling good about it because you've, you've just figured out who you are and being okay with that and not letting anybody else change that. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's good all around. Yeah. Absolutely. Aww. Oh, good job, guys. Mm, yeah. What a wholesome, wholesome episode. It was. It We'll Could be back to our regular worse. ratchet behaviors. I was nervous at the outline phase. I was like, this is about to be shady ass. <laughs> well, we pulled it together, y'all. We pulled it together. We, we know who we are, but we knew who we needed to be for this episode. And we chose we to be able to be ourselves. First we, we know our hearts heart. for once. We, we, we know our hearts. We turned the ratchet off? We did. No, we didn't do that. No, it's definitely ratchet. <laughs> Just oh, not offensive. <laughs> Look at the girl. Who knew we That's could do it? What do you do it? What do you do it? All right, uh, let's stop before it does get offensive. So. Oh, <laughs> smart, point. smart, smart. All right, y'all see y'all next time. All right, bye. Bye. See ya. Peace.